Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 182 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan, and I am joined by Dave Hogue yet again. How are you, sir? I am... Uh, what am I? I am wonderful. Hmm. <laughs> That's optimistic. I like it. Yeah. Starting the show off on a good note. Yes. Well, I'm glad you're that you're wonderful, Dave. That's good. Thanks. That makes me happy. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm less than wonderful, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> uh, life is particularly challenging at the moment. Work is good. Church is good. Friends are good. Other things are very difficult at this point. Um, so I, I have I have a weird melancholic view of life right now. There is plenty to be grateful for, plenty of blessings to thank God for. Uh, you know, many, many reasons to wake up in the morning and start the day well, but just one thing in particular that is uh uh, what's the word? Cooking my gravy? Is that a sentence? I don't know. Or a saying? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's There's one thing that's, that's really challenging me right now, and it is not a small thing. So, No. Long-time listeners of the show may know what I'm referring to. If not, <laughs> I'll get into it at a later point. Now is not the time, because I just need to not say emotionally charged things. So that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> anyways, we are, it's good to be back, Dave. Yes. Listeners will not know this because of the way that we record and release our episodes <laughs> to hide these sorts of things, but it's been like a month since we've actually oh my gosh, sat, is it really? it's been four weeks we've sat down and talked but we haven't right, actually, we haven't right. actually recorded That's true so it's been four weeks since we've actually recorded and um in in that four weeks um i have received a a new job at my company and michigan has won the men's big 10 basketball regular season championship and received a number one seed in the NCAA tournament dave Despite losing by one point to that dastardly school from the armpit of America known as Ohio uh, <laughs> in the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. But, oh, yeah. Plenty of good. So are they going to win it all? No, they're not going to win it all because uh, one of our starters is out indefinitely with a stress injury in his foot. And while we are a deep team, when you lose a senior that was a second team all Big Ten player who can knock down threes with just <coughs> ridiculous efficiency, uh, that also happens to be six foot eight. Um, it uh, you know, it changes the way your team plays and the way the yeah. the other team plays you defensively. Because the guy that we replace him with is a very same size but very different type of player. He doesn't stretch the floor as well. So our our big man we. We wind up running two big guys inside instead of one inside and four around the perimeter. So it just it changes our our team and the other team's defense uh, significantly. Yeah, basketball is definitely a sport that one person has a huge impact. Well, it's twenty percent of the players on the floor. You know, right. what I mean? like it's it it is a statistically significant 
uh, you know, and, and then that guy's a, a senior and a team captain and, uh, you know, can go for anywhere from 12 to 20 points a game and, you know, four to eight rebounds and a couple assists. Like, it's, it's a significant amount of production to replace. But you know what, Dave? It's just sports. It doesn't really actually matter. <laughs> as much as I love it and as much as I enjoy it and will enjoy it uh, watching the tournament over the coming weeks, um, it's just sports. Yep, that is very true. It doesn't actually matter, but it is fun. Yes. Anything new in your life that you care to share about, or shall we dive into our passage for today? Uh, I don't think I have anything new. No. I haven't picked up, like, crocheting or needlepoint or, you know, gotten a Harley or anything? <laughs> no. Okay. None of those. I did dust off the Mustang and drive it. I didn't realize you still had it. I thought you got rid of it. No, I still have it. So, well, still have the Mustang. And what year is it again? 65. Oh, man. Nice. I'm saving my pennies for a new rear end. So, (laughs) context is so important for that (laughs) comment. Yeah, no plastic surgery. It's... Yeah, let me uh let me let me let me talk sexy to you about my 2014 Ford Escape, Dave. Ooh, man. The purr <laughs> of that engine. I don't think I could have told you that's what you had. Yep. That's <laughs> and it, well, guess what? It wasn't my choice, but it's the car <laughs> that I have. So I shall drive it and enjoy the fact that I am able to have a, a reliable vehicle. It is a blessing. Even if it is not, I would choose. I will take it and be happy with it. All right, enough of that. I am like kind of Debbie Downer today, and I'm sorry about that. I'm trying to be happy. (laughs) You know what? Life isn't always happy. No, definitely not. All right, so last episode, episode 181, we finished chapter six of Hebrews, and... We're like, what, halfway through? Not even? I don't remember how many chapters are in Hebrew. There's, there's an S there at the end, Dave, in case you were for, confused like I was. We're, we're just on the verge of half because there's 13. So mm. once, we, once we're done today, we'll probably be close to halfway. Yeah, we shall be halfway through. So we're going to do chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. We're going to talk about a guy with probably the coolest name in the whole Bible. That is possible. Although I think Shadrach's up there. <laughs> yeah. I've always been fond of Nimrod. <laughs> 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 Especially when it's oh, Nim- pull, Nim- Nimrod the Mighty Warrior. Not just the name, but the name and the title. I think that's our show title. I've always been fond of Nimrod. <laughs> Nimrod. Well, and I think obviously what makes that so funny is the juxtaposition of who he was right. and what he, yeah, and you what know, exemplified become. and what it means today. Yes. Which it, it, so, uh, yeah. there is a series on Netflix about curse words that I'm not recommending our listeners listen to at all. 
I'm sure that's got a big L rating on it for language. <laughs> for language, yeah. Well, and it's one, it's hosted by Nicolas Cage, who. Oh, gosh. Is, is How am I is... not in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's got all the classic Cage elements. <laughs> Which, as, as time has gone by, like, I realize how little I like him. <laughs> and the, I feel like series, I feel like it was just I should play lowrider in the background here, <laughs> but I don't want to get I don't want to get copyright stricken. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. But yeah, so then you have like these proper linguistic ladies that have their PhD, and they are very candidly speaking of the origins oh of these words gosh. that are obscene and it's like this is really really funny so, <laughs> I, I don't know well don't and you know yes it, but poet laureate nicholas cage is the one hosting the show <laughs> should have been someone like yes. benedict cumberbatch or you know someone like that not nick cage no either that or someone like tracy morgan should have hosted it yeah, I, there had to have been a better. Uh, and, and I think it's on this show. Total tangent here, but the the actor uh, that has the highest number of curse words said is actually surprising. At least it was to me. Morgan Freeman. And I can't think of his name now. Not Morgan Freeman. Samuel L. Jackson. No, that's that's. I think he's like number two or number three. Okay. Uh, it's um the little chubby guy that's in uh, uh. I think he's in Wolf of Wall Street. I think that's where he gets all Jonah the, Hill. Yes, really. Yeah, and I think it's Wolf of Wall Street that puts him over the top. Over the top. So I'm anyway, I've not seen such that. such such edifying. <laughs> Edifying. Yes, shall we now refer to the scriptures, David? Yeah, I think we should before we go any deeper. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is the last episode I asked Dave about his Netflix queue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and it, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm just messing with you, man. Just messing. No, I know you are. I, yeah, I'm Jonah not, Hill. I, I'm interesting. Yeah. Not surprising, but I would have gone for yeah, someone. Once, I would have like, gone for someone said, older who's just had more movies. Yeah. Yep. Like, Sign like, of the times, you know, Joe Pesci or Robert De Niro, you know, who's been around mm -hmm. forever and has done more mob movies than anyone should ever should. Yep. Not the case. All right. Well, kudos Jonah Hill for uh, <laughs> being on the top of that list. Yikes. Yeah. So, Hebrews, mm. chapter 7. Yes. 1 through 10. Are you ready? I am so ready. All right, here we go. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And to Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything. He is first by translation of his name, king of righteousness, and then he is also king of Salem, that is, king of peace. He is without father or mother, 
or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. See how great this man was to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the spoils. And that has an exclamation point, so I feel like I should reread that. See how great this man was whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the spoils. And those descendants of Levi who received who received the priestly office have a... Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> I messed myself up by trying to be dramatic. All right, here we go. And those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithe from the people, that is, from their brothers. Though these also are descended from Abraham, but this man who does not have his descent from the from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. It is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. In the one case, tithes are received by moral me mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. One might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of the ancestor of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. Probably your best one so far, Dave. Got to be honest. Yeah, it's Grammy time. So, or is it Grammys? No, not Grammys. <laughs> Oscars. Grammy. Grammys were last, last night. night. So, congratulations, Beyonce. Yeah. By the way. In case you're, in case oh, you're listening, watch. Uh, she's got the all time. She's got like 28 or something now. Holy cow! Yeah, that's a lot of Grammys. Yep. What does one do with 28 Grammys? Make a lot of money. I mean, she can afford it. Well, I'm, she can afford a giant case. I'm just like, it, at some point, it just it probably seems redundant. <laughs> you start putting right? them in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, okay, I get it. You have a lot of these. Do you really need to show me all 28? Like, wouldn't like seven, like, communicate the point? Anyways. <laughs> she gives them as white elephant gifts. Oh, my gosh. That would be so funny. I really hope she does. <laughs> That's so funny. Mm. Anyways, uh, while we're on the topic, uh, Melchizedek. You can tell we haven't recorded in a while, Dave. We are so easily distracted. Yeah, so this is this is continuing with um, holding Jesus in high esteem, right? Talking to the Hebrew people. And he is now being compared to somebody that, much like Beyonce, would be held in high esteem. Well, I think you might be cheating ahead, Dave. We haven't gotten to Jesus yet. Oh, you're right. But yeah, no, that's I, the next I, it section. is the next section. But but that's 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 why we're that's why Melchizedek is becoming part of the conversation here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're, we're comparing, right. Abraham and then his, what is it? Great, great grandson or great grandson. One of the two that's Levi that becomes the head of the Levites who become, you know, in charge of the tabernacle and the whole priestly um, order and, and Abraham's interaction with Melchizedek, which for the record folks is in Genesis chapter 14, which I will add to the show notes. 
And so you're not impressed. I did not know that off the top of my head. I am looking at a commentary, and it told me where that was. So yay for resources that help you uh, know things. So Melchizedek, king of Salem, which means king of peace, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, which, as you will read in Genesis 14, is like after you know Sodom and Gomorrah and, and all of that nonsense going on. And blessed him, and then this is where we get to this concept of the tithe, right? Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything mm-hmm. to the priest. Yep. And this gets carried on throughout, you know, the tabernacle and now on to modern day Christianity, this concept of a tenth or a tithe. Giving to giving yeah, giving to God, giving back to God what he is, you know, a tenth of what he has given you. Which, you know, in theory isn't a whole lot considering you get to keep 90 yeah. but boy when you go to write that check or <laughs> click that click that paypal button or drop that cash in the plate that hurts mm-hmm. yeah and um i'll be honest with you dave it's something that i'm really really bad at um it was something that i always intended to do um and then I got poor and made like no money and decided to keep all of my money for myself because I needed it because I wasn't making much and I had a mortgage to pay and this, you know, all the other reasons that you don't do it. Right. And now I have the money. I mean, I always had the money. I just didn't have the priorities. Now I have the excess income and it is still something that I struggle to do because I'm selfish. And I like my money. And um, I think it's I think it's really important because for so many not all of us, but for so many of us, money is a trigger for a lot of emotions. Uh be it pride or power or anger or uh insecurity or anxiety. Like there's a lot of emotions tied up with money and status and and that sort of stuff. And I think one of the reasons that the tithe gets set up is because God knows this about us. He doesn't need our money. But it's about the willingness of someone to depart with a significant chunk of what we could easily say is ours. It's the sacrifice, it's the trusting God with providing and giving it up that makes a statement to God about our hearts. And, you know, frankly, the statement I'm making to God about my heart at this point by not doing it regularly is that I'm valuing the money more than I'm valuing the trust and the reliance Mm -hmm. on him. And that's not something, you know, that's easy to admit, but that's just where I'm at mm-hmm. right now. Um, and I think the frustrating part for me is like, I could tithe 10% and be fine. Right. And saying that out loud just really hurts because 
there are so many people that aren't in a position where that's the case and they still tithe. Oh yeah. <laughs> they still, they still make the sacrifice and I'm over here, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I have a budget and I have bills and you know, like I can't, I can't just spend whatever I want whenever I want because you know, like I, but I make enough for my situation that I could tithe 10% and I could still be just fine. And I choose to spend that money. I choose to, you know, whether it's save it or, you know, buy a drone, like just it's, this is the sort of stuff that frustrates me about myself mm-hmm. because I know what I should do. And then I do other things. And it's very frustrating. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you know, I, it, uh, even in that, I just think about the things like you said, you know, let alone with talking about the tithe of just some of the things that I waste money on. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of silly. Especially if you've been somewhere, been with people that don't have. Mm-hmm. And how little you can exist on. Yeah. I mean, like, it just, I remember being in Ethiopia. I've been twice. And the family sleeps in their hut next to their livestock to keep their livestock safe <laughs> at night from people that would, well, from people that would, would steal it or kill it or from other animals, right? So there's literally, there's the pen where the animals sleep, the, the section next to that where the kids sleep, and then four feet away where the parents sleep on the dirt mm-hmm. floor with no plumbing, with no electricity. And here I am talking to you <laughs> over the internet on a professional microphone into a soundboard, into a fancy computer. Right. You know, and it's just, it is... I just, I find that God always, always has a way of pointing out new areas in your life where he is not number one. Yeah. And I think, you know, in our circumstance, right, as white middle to upper middle class white males. We have become accustomed to a certain lifestyle, whether, you know, through intent or, or circumstance, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. Like we just, comfort is something that perhaps, and I won't speak for you here. I'll speak for myself, but like comfort and ease of living is something that I've just come to expect. And I get so angry when it's removed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I, I would venture to say population-wise, 80 to 85% of the world lives in constant discomfort, <laughs> be it monetarily or physically 
due to lack of shelter, lack of clean water, lack of food, lack of health care, uh, corrupt governments, you know, all that sort of stuff. And it's. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so when you were saying that, I immediately pictured the the trains in India when you watch them mm-hmm. like literally riding on top of the trains and hanging off the sides and I think even clinging to the underside. And so, yeah. And, and, and honestly, I, you know, when, when I think, when I was thinking of the stupid things that I spend money on, it's, I think I've said this before, there are just so few things I deny myself, you know, yeah. like if I want something, I generally, you know, if I want a diet Pepsi, I go buy a diet Pepsi. <laughs> you know, if I want hamburger for lunch, I go get a hamburger for lunch. You know, it's it's like I really don't even. And I know that sounds goofy, but it, it, it's really never a I'm going to choose to go without my ten dollar fast food lunch today and give it to somebody that needs it a whole lot more than I do. Because you think about okay. how many people you could potentially feed with just one lunch. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 you know, that's when in talking about comfort and things like that, it is just so do not, do not do well with that (laughs) when it's like you said, when it's not there and really, even then it's really pretty subjective in terms of the amount of discomfort I'm actually experiencing, you know, I mean, just even little things like if I'm hot, I go turn on the air conditioning and cool myself off. If I'm cold, I go turn up the thermostat. You know, if it's dark, I turn on a light. Like just the simplest things. Uh, and I yeah. think I've mentioned this before too, that the the cartoon of the little kid from like an Ethiopia looking kid talking to the American that's like, okay, now let me get this straight. You have so much clean water that you go to the bathroom in it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, yes, we do. Yes. So anyway. Yeah. I have some stories about, never mind. We're not going to go there. I've been to Ethiopia and I have used the bathroom is all I'm going to (laughs) say. And I've been to Haiti and I've used the bathroom there. Yeah. Well, and uh, a certain two young ladies in Ethiopia have seen me use the bathroom (laughs) by accident. And they laughed quite a good deal. So I'm glad that I was able to make their day by that. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> this is, oh my gosh. This is like our... our <laughs> Am I going to have to no. edit all this out? <laughs> so okay. we were at the orphanage in Haiti, and I had a young lady... Uh, one of our favorite girls at the orphanage was sitting on my lap and I totally ripped a fart on a, uh, on a, on a, you can have to edit that out now. Okay. No, that's just gross. (laughs) But okay. (laughs) And it wasn't like, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't mean to do it. I was actually trying to be very discreet about it. Discreet. And I was on like a metal chair or something. And so I did it and nobody heard it, but I think, (laughs) Like she was aware of what I had did. So she like kind of perks up and gives me this look like you're disgusting. And so I'm just mortified, you know, at this point, cause I was like, Oh, this poor kid. I didn't mean to, you know? Um, so anyway, for the remainder of our visits to Haiti after that, her and her little group of friends would be like, Hey Dave, 
and that became my name. Hey, Dave. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry to go down that. Such an edifying episode oh my gosh. here. Well, you know, we got to get back on the saddle, yep. Dave. So, got to start somewhere. That makes me happy. I'm going to sit on that for like three years until you think I've forgotten about it. And then one day, I'm just going to drop it on you, and it's going to be glorious. Well, my, my daughters do it every now and then. They'll just all sit and remember it, and they'll be like, hey, Dave. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good, 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 good. All right, so carrying on from there, it says, he is first by translation of his name, king of righteousness which is what Melchizedek means, king of righteousness, and then he's also king of Salem, king of peace. So he's king of righteousness, king of peace, which, man, that's yes, a name. My name means crooked nose, Dave. Did, did you know that? that? Ever I, told I you this? Yes, Cameron means crooked nose. Thank you, Mom and Dad. Your nose is not crooked. No, my <laughs> nose is not crooked, and it's somewhat proportional for my giant head, which is, you know, a godsend. Thank you for that, Jesus. But this guy's name is King of Righteousness, and he also happens to be the King of Peace. He is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning or of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God. So th- there's, uh, this is an interesting sentence, right? He is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, which makes him seem more unique than Jesus, because Jesus at least and had a, a mom. Ge- genealogy. True, yes, and this genealogy is very, very important to tie him to the uh, folks that had prominent roles in the Old Testament. Uh, you know, David and Rahab and Ruth and, and all of those folks. And Abraham, obviously. And so what I read over in my commentary about this uh, was, because my first thought was like, oh, Melchizedek was, you know, uh, the angel of the Lord, you know, which who shows up multiple times in the Old Testament. Uh, that seems to to make sense. He's a he's a prefigure of Jesus, essentially. And what the commentator points out is that when Melchizedek is mentioned in Genesis 14, Genesis 14 doesn't mention any facts about Melchizedek's history. Mm. He doesn't mention his mom, his dad, his genealogy when he was born, when he died, none of that. He just stands alone as sort of this uh, enigmatic figure in Genesis, whereas Abraham is tied, obviously, to his sons and the whole, like, so there's this juxtaposition of Abraham, who is the head of this nation that will outnumber the stars or the sand on the beach, and then there's, you know, Melchizedek, who just kind of, like, hops in and hops out and, like, lives for, like, you know, ever, essentially. Um, and so there's the commentator's point is he is not Jesus. He is not the son of the Lord. He resembles him in those ways, but his details are left missing to make that illusion and point towards Jesus, which is a really interesting take. It feels a little, um, convenient. Uh, like, so there's, there's certain things in the Bible that are obvious, right? 
And then there are certain things that some people interpret one way and others interpret another. And it just, it often feels to me that when there is an absence of detail, interpretations run amok. Yeah. And we can interpret the absence of detail in a number of ways based on what we want them to mean, what our denomination says they should mean, what what our political leanings say they should mean. And and this is another instance where I find it uh, interesting that the absence of detail leads the writer of Hebrews to say he is without father and mother or without genealogy, neither having a beginning of days nor like nor end of life. And obviously the Bible is the flawless and errant word of God. And I am a flawed errant man, you know, so I'm not saying that my interpretation and my understandings here are, are better than scripture, but it just, it always, th- these, these sorts of passages, if I could finally shut my mouth, tend to lend themselves towards debate and not always debate that serves anybody. If that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. Which had me a bit hesitant to talk about this passage, <laughs> I will be honest. I'm not I'm not opposed to what the commentary says. That he prefigures he prefigures Christ. He isn't he is I mean, even as it says here, but resembling the Son of God. He continues as a priest forever. He serves as an archetype, as a as a as a um an image or a representation of but is not um and that could 100% be intentional right god could 100% have led the holy spirit to have moses write genesis 14 in that way so that people 2000 years later would interpret it in this way that's absolutely feasible but I just, these, these sorts of things, as I've said, lend themselves to people taking advantage of the vagueness to push their, their own priorities, you know, and this may not be, you know, one of the more famous ones because it doesn't have anything to do with the prosperity <laughs> gospel, but I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Yes. Yeah, I, I do. I just think that this was a name. He would have been known and, you know, not just in God intentional in how Moses did it, but even intentional in, you know, the reputation that, that, that he would have had mm. that just allowed that to this audience uh, to understand that connection between Jesus and him or the, the comparison between those two, maybe not a connection, but. And that, you know, the author is trying to make um, the argument. So, yeah, yeah. Well, in 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 building on that and in moving forward in the passage, right? It says, "And those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people, that is from their brothers. Though these are also descendants of Abraham, but this man who does not have his descent from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promise. So even even in this, he prefigures Christ, right? Like our tithe, like Jesus does not belong to us. 
we belong mm-hmm. to him. So our tithes go to him and to his church, which is his body, yep. right? Or sorry, his bride. Let me get the, the right B word in there, his bride. Uh, we we are the body of Christ, but we are also his bride. And so that even that works really, really well there. I, and I can see the mm-hmm. connection. Um, it's, it's beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. Uh, yeah, <laughs> duh, obviously. Uh, in the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. One might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his ancestors when Melchizedek met him. So we're getting, this all just circles around this idea of tithe, right? Yes. Which is giving what we have to someone who is greater. And in this case, it's giving to God what he has blessed us with. And, you know, like, like I said, like I tithing for me is not something that I'm good at is not something that I have been disciplined about. It is not something that I think about regularly, but when you put it in this context, right? God gave this to me. It is his, it belongs to him. I only have it because he gave it to me. It seems absolutely ridiculous not to go, oh, you only want 10%? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a pretty good deal, God. (laughs) And yet I'm like, no, but 100% is mine. It's all mine. My precious. And it just just reminds me how selfish I can be. Like, just like my default mode. Yeah. Oh, it's mine. Bank account's got my... Do you see Jesus on my bank account? No, you see my name. And it... Yeah, it's... it's It is... Equal parts convicting and infuriating at the same time because it's one of those things where it's like, I know better. Right. I absolutely know this. But... I have chosen over the years just kind of ignore it. And that's really frustrating because that's like, it's just childish. Yeah. And uh, you know, the other thing is, <laughs> um, you know, the story of the talents is coming to mind and just, mm. is there going to be an account of what we did with what we were given? So not only is it frustrating here, but when I really think about it, it's, am I, you know, what, uh, you know, there, we, we can only imagine what judgment day is going to be like and the fact that we are going to stand before God, but just that element of, yeah, I spent it on these things <laughs> and not um, giving to those who are deserving, not, not willing to let go of it and give up a little, um, because really what we should be striving for is we really should be striving for sacrificial giving, you know, where, where we truly yeah. do uh, go without. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's, you know, the, the other end of the spectrum, you know, one, it is frustrating. Why, why can't I do it? It is such a small ask in the whole scheme of things. And then on the other end, it's, there's this, this heaviness, this weightiness to it. If I'm going to be called account to how I used what God had given me.
Is it sad that when you said that, my first thought was, oh, man, think of the drone shots I could get in heaven. <laughs> like, just is that not a microcosm of the entire problem? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not even being right, tongue in cheek. No, that was it. legit what crossed my mind. Like, 100% honest. Oh, my gosh. Imagine the drone shots in heaven. Help me, Jesus. That's all I gotta say. I don't know where to go from there. I I think maybe that should just be the <laughs> the abrupt emergency landing for this one. <laughs> yeah, I, you know it 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 is. Um, you know, I guess just my thought is 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 like you said when when we when we look at these verses coming into our our time together. You know, um, I, I I would imagine that this is not a verse that gets preached on a whole lot on Sunday mornings. Um, I don't think there's probably many verses in this that get quoted very often. Um, and, and you know, and, and so there's there's on on one aspect, I don't want to say there's a dryness to it, but it is just sort of a okay. We're talking about this Melchizedek guy, and we're talking about tithing and um. You know, the, the the fact that, you know, he was held in esteem because he was the receiver of those tithes, you know. Um, but even in that, even in this, the, it, it is interesting how how often our conversations, the reading of these of the scripture is is convicting. And um, yes, it is convicting. Yeah, the Bible's uh, pretty good about that. Even when you're like, hmm, I wonder what we're going to talk about this episode. <laughs> 42 and a half minutes later, we found things to talk about. So that is that, ladies and gentlemen. We have reached the end of yet another episode of the Masterclass Podcast, and we thank you so much for spending your time with us uh, we really, really do appreciate it and think it's super cool that you find Dave and I wandering through scripture uh, worth your time. Uh, it's just, it's really, really cool. And you would think after like 182 episodes, we would find it less cool. No, we find, I, I find <laughs> yes. it more cool. Like, it just, uh, it's just super neat. And uh hope that... The conversation was was edifying to you. Um, you know, perhaps perhaps uh, brought new things to light or or questions um, about about the scripture about God. And uh, you know, if you want to reach out to us uh, and let us know what you're thinking, what your questions are, what your uh, contradictions or critiques would be, those are all very very welcome. You'll find links in the show notes to uh, contact us by phone, by email, or Twitter. So you've got your pick of how to do so. And again, I will say uh, we would love to share this stuff on the show. And the reason we haven't shared stuff on the show isn't because we're filtering stuff. It's just because 
we haven't had anyone <laughs> brave enough to say anything, which is one totally fine. We're not judging. We're just saying we're open to have a conversation. And if you want to be the conversation partner, uh, let us know. So there's that enough of that. Uh, be good. Thanks again. And we'll see you in episode 183. Take care. Bye. Bye.